Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and give my podcast five stars. Also, follow me on all of my social media platforms. The Gratitude Chick for both Instagram and Facebook, Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter, and on TikTok, Babes Who Manifest. Also, for all of my reading babes, check out the new reading merch on the website, www.bwmmerch.com. and welcome back to another episode. So as you guys know, we have finished the series on the laws of the universe, the universal laws. And I told you guys in another episode, I don't even know which episode I said it in, but in an episode last week, I told you guys that once we're done with that series for the universal laws, Wednesdays are going to now be dedicated to season number two of Manifesting and the Bible. So in this season, um, we're not just going to be concerned on, you know, manifesting money or that kind of thing. Uh, the, the kind of concentration this season is going to be about um, how God's love manifests in our life through safety, through um, mercy, through grace, through, you know, just his protection and um, that kind of thing. That is what the focus is going to be on for this episode of Manifesting the Bible. And the reason, again, while I'm, why I'm calling it Manifesting in the Bible is because I want you guys to understand that manifesting itself, the word, is just a word. The action behind that word exists in the Bible before we even thought of the word manifesting. The Bible tells us that we are able to call those things that be not as though they were. That's manifesting. The Bible tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's manifesting because we are able to speak and it is so. The Bible also tells us, be it unto us as we believe. That is manifesting. So don't, I, I want you guys to get out of the habit of shying away from what we're talking about because you hear the word manifesting. It is literally just the word. The actions behind it are all through the Bible. Heck, if, if you want to be technical, God manifested the entire world with his word. He said he spoke and it was done. So as a result of that, don't, don't shy, don't think too hard about the word manifesting because the actions behind that word is what you need to focus on and those actions are all through the bible so if you want to see you know scripture references on that go back to season 1 all of those uh, i have 18 episodes in season 1 and it'll give you lots of scriptures on that specific topic but in season two, I want to concentrate on God's love towards us and how it manifests in our lives as protection and safety and, and abundance and prosperity, you know, not just about money and things like that. I want you guys to see that God's love is real. 
and you can see it in your life and how it manifests. So today we are going to be going over Psalms 91. And Psalms 91 is a good scripture for me because it is for a person like me who has, not, it's not just about being afraid of the dark. Um, when I was in college, you know, I've never been a person who loves to read, excuse me, to watch scary movies. That's just not, had never been my thing. Um, I remember my aunt, one of my aunts <clears throat> over at her house, she had movies like Freddy Krueger and all those things and all my cousins would be watching and I would be sitting next to my aunt in another room because I'm not watching that. And she would try to make me watch it. I don't want to. I was like 10 or 11. No, that's not my thing. And it has never been my thing. But when I was in college, we had all gotten together and decided we were going to watch the scariest movies that we thought were the scariest movies that none of us had ever seen. And we were going to watch it to terrify ourselves, you know? And I remember, you know, just like as a as an aside, when I was seven, my mom <clears throat> took me to the drive-in and I saw Poltergeist. And that movie scared the mess out of me to this day. You hear me? And that is one of the movies that we watched when I was um, in college and we also watched The Exorcist. And I want to say it was one more movie. I can't remember. Um, Was it The Devil's Advocate? Y'all might not think that is a scary movie, but it is. Um, I can't, I don't know if it was The Devil's Advocate, but it was like three movies. It may have been Halloween. I'm not sure, but I know it was Poltergeist and I know it was um, um, The Exorcist. And those movies scared me so badly. It scared all of us so badly. It just kind of <clears throat> awakened in us and the for real knowledge that there is an evil in this world, you know? And ever since then, you know, I I just have, you know, kind of these episodes that um, where, you know, sometimes you're in the Bible, in, in the Bible, in the bed, and you're just locked in place and you can't move. And it's just like something pressing on you, you know? I have that. And the only way to get me out of it is for me to say Jesus. And that is one of the reasons why people can't tell me Jesus ain't my savior and there is no God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry whatever happened in your life that you have no knowledge of it. But for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And um, that, that's the only thing that brings me out of those episodes is when I say Jesus. Or even, you know, I used to have dreams. And those dreams used to scare me because... I know that when I had a dream and I remembered it, I would wake up and write it down. And those dreams used to be like prophetic and stuff. And it just used to scare me. So one day I just asked the Lord to take those dreams away from me because I was just too afraid. And I know that fear is not of God. And I do believe how some of that, that fear that I've experienced in my life has manifested into anxiety. Anxiety is nothing more than a paralyzing fear, you know? It's illogical. So I said all that to say because um, Psalms 91 is the, the um, is kind of the book of the Bible that, not the book of the Bible, but the, 
the scripture that I used to read a lot in college to kind of calm the fear in my life. And, you know, I, I lived alone in, when I was 24, I lived alone in, I lived on the first floor and I used to have dreams of, you know, men popping into my window. And it, I used to just be like, I got to get out of this apartment. <laughs> and this is one of the scriptures that, you know, used to quell the fear in my soul. So I'm sorry it took me seven minutes to say <laughs> to say that, but if you're still with me, I appreciate it. So I'm going to start reading Psalms 91. He who dwells, and I'm, I'm reading the New King James Version. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. And that's in quotation. So that is God speaking. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So this is to me a scripture of showing a couple things. God's love manifests manifested in in my life through his protection, through his safety, and through his love. His protection because he says, hold on, sorry. (laughs) I have to go back through the, the scriptures. Because it says, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. That's his protection. He will deliver you. And it also says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. So as a result of that, because of my trust in God, He will protect me. Right? And his safety, which is kind of the same as protection, um, but I feel like protection is more of an action word because he will actively do things for you. 
And to me, when I think about safety, I think of this verse. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. He shall be your shield and buckler. To me, that is the safety. The protection is his action in saving you. And the safety is how he will cover you and and just care for you. That is how I see it in my mind. And again, these are just this is just my opinion. <laughs> and then when I say that he shows his love toward us or towards me, because this is my opinion, is this verse 15 and 16, he shall call upon me. And that's me calling upon God and I will answer him. So he's telling me that when I call on God, when I call on him, he will answer me. It says, I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So he's going to answer when I call. He will be with me in trouble. He will deliver me and then he'll honor me. He will bless me and prosper me. Okay. And with long life, he'll give me a long life to satisfy me and to make me happy so that I am sitting in my long life prospered in abundance and satisfied and happy and content. And then I've, he has shown me his salvation by protecting me, by loving me, by keeping me safe. So this is the reason why this specific verse has always, or this specific chapter, Psalms 91, has always kept me, has always held me. And every time I'm feeling, you know, anxious and when I'm feeling, you know, fearful, this is the scripture that I read. When my niece feels fearful, I tell her to read Psalms 91 because it helps me so much. When people, you know, online or you know, on Facebook or whatever tells me or says that they are feeling fearful, I always say, read Psalms 91 because it is the picture of God and his safety, protection, and love towards those who trust in him. You know, a lot of people, you see God and think he's a tyrant or something, but when you read about David... And all the things that he went through and to still be called a man after God's own heart. And then to read Psalms, the book of David, you know what I'm saying? It's called, um, what is it called? David, Psalms, it's a Psalm of David. I think that's what it's called. And to know that he, these are David's words and his writings to let you know that even though he did all this and you can read David's story or listen to um, the weekly devotional on Saturdays where we're still discussing David and see all the things that he did and how many commandments he really violated, you know? But it is his praise. It was his praise and his gratitude and his love for God that made him a man after God's own heart. And that is why Samuel says that God looks on it. I mean, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Even though outwardly David is a sinner of sinners, inwardly he was he he praised God. His praise was unparalleled to the point that one on the last episode of um of our your daily devotional, it was talking about how 
David was coming back into the city and he was praising God and he was singing and dancing and twirling up in the air. And one of his wives was looking at him in disgust. Like she was disgusted at him. But he didn't care because he was praising God. You know, he is a man after God's own heart because of his praise. I'm sorry. I'm I'm off on a tangent that has nothing to do with Psalms 91. Psalms 91 is just one of those Psalms I always say to have in your pocket, just like Psalms 23 to me. Psalms 23 tells you of how much God is just, you know, there in your life when you don't even realize it. That is what Psalms 23 does. But Psalms 91 shows God's protection, his love, and his safety for all of those who trust in him. You know, there is no reason ever for us to feel alone, for us to feel afraid, because fear is not of God. The Bible tells us that he gives us, he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear is not of God. So when we are fearful, we know that God has not given that to us. And we know that those thoughts are not our own because God has not given them to us. So these thoughts of fear that we, that we have and that manifest in our lives is because we have allowed them to become our most dominant thoughts. And what we know is that our, once we make something our dominant thought, It is because we believe that thought. And as Jesus said, be it unto you as you believe. So that thought must manifest into your life. Which is why the Bible tells us to think on good things. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are holy. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And that was paraphrasing because I know I didn't quote that correctly. But that is what the Bible tells us. Think on pure and positive things. Because if there be any, any good report and any praise, think on them. Why? Because those are, will be your most dominant thoughts. And your most dominant thoughts are what comes into your life. Because we know your thoughts become things. So whatever your most dominant thought is, that is what you are manifesting into your life. And that is why the Bible tells us to think on these positive things. But when we allow fear to come into our lives and think on things like, oh, you know, whatever it is that you're fearful about, money, um, rent, car note, bills, a a lot of our fear comes from not being able to pay for our lives. A lot of that. A lot of fear comes from health issues. And what we don't realize is that we have put ourselves in these situations. We have. And it is a hard pill to swallow when you finally realize that the health issues that you're going through are your fault. Your fault. The money issues that you're going through, your fault. Once you come to the realization that these things are your fault because of how you have believed in your life, because of what you've done in your life, then you can begin to change. When you think of 
of, of the things that you're going through and blame something outside of you, you will continue this process because you haven't taken ownership. And once you take ownership, you can begin to move past it. But your dominant thought, especially when it's based in fear, you have to combat it some way. And to me, to, in order to begin to even combat something like fear, you have to understand who God is. Because the only way to combat something like fear, which is not from God, is to give something that is from God in its place. That is why daily I ask the Lord to give me peace. When I pray even over my food, I ask the Lord, I, I tell the Lord, thank you for this food. Help it to keep and nourish my body. Help it to bring me happiness and joy and peace and love all day. And that is how I pray over my food. When I pray for other people, I ask the Lord to give them peace, to give them joy and happiness because I didn't realize. It took me a long time to realize if I want peace for myself, I want my sister to have peace too. I want her to have joy. I want her to have happiness. I want her to have safety and love. I want all that for her. So instead of just praying for things for people, I don't do that anymore. I pray peace. I pray love. I pray joy. And I pray happiness. Because things are just things. But happiness is, is something that you would never want to trade for things. So if I am, if I am praying for happiness for you, that means that anything that you could want in life comes under that umbrella of happiness. So I'm not going to pray for a thing for you. I'm going to pray for happiness for you. I'm going to pray for joy for you. I'm going to pray for peace for you. That is something that I've, I've learned. So if you ask me to pray for you, that is the prayer that I'm going to pray for you. Because to me, under the umbrella of happiness is abundance and prosperity. And you know what I mean? And under the under the uh the other umbrella of abundance and and um what is it? What did I say? Abundance and prosperity is the things. So why would I pray for the things when I want you to be abundant, prosperous, and happy? So I'm gonna pray for the big thing so that it can trickle down. Because if you're happy then whatever it is that you want down here, you already have because you're happy. So that is what I am going to do is pray for happiness for you and joy and peace and love. Because that is what, that is a real testament of life when you can feel and believe and be those things. And fear takes you away from those things. It is paralyzing. You know, so I hope that this this chapter, this um, Psalms 91 is something that you'll put in your arsenal and you it'll be your go to when you're feeling those feelings and understand. And I want you guys to get this, too. You are in charge of your own thoughts. You have the power to stop negativity from continually continuing on in your thoughts. You have that power. You have the power to cut it off, to stop it before it continues and becomes your dominant thought. Always have 
a scripture or an affirmation to help you stop stop that negative thought and replace it with something else. So if your negative thought is, um, I'll just say money because I know that, you know, people from around the world listen to my podcast and, you know, everybody has a, you know, money thing. So I'm going to just use, you know, currency as, as that, as the example. Say if you're, you know, wanting extra money in one of your most dominant thoughts <clears throat> from ch- from childhood is money doesn't grow on trees or, you know, you heard your parents say, I'm not made of money or, you know, um, you know, any, any, any negative thing that you've heard about money. And it, you know, that starts to repeat in your mind because you, you hear it so much, right? You're, especially as a child, you heard it so much. As an adult, you have the, the absolute control over your mind. And if you teach your children now to realize that they have control over their thoughts, then they too can stop the negativity from just spiraling out of control. So what I do now, if those negative thoughts from childhood come on, and I clue into it because you have to. One thing I have learned is you have to be clued in to what you're thinking. Don't allow your thoughts to just run rampant. Don't allow that. Be clued in on the things that are just rolling through your mind. You know what I mean? And once you are clued in to what your thoughts are thinking, you have the power to stop them. I would definitely urge you to get an affirmation, memorize it, and say it often. Because it com- it combats the things that you're, the negativity in your mind. Whether that affirmation is one you've heard me say, one that's on the weekly affirmation that I post on Sundays, or just a Bible scripture. Get it, re- you know, memorize it, and say it often. Because it's something to dwell on. And you want all of that positivity to become your most dominant thought, you know? So I hope that you guys um, love this scripture as much as I do. And you guys know my favorite scripture is Psalms 100. I already did a manifesting in the Bible on that. I think that was my very first episode of season one. So go back and listen to that because that is my all-time favorite scripture. Um, I am glad to have manifesting in the Bible back because it gives me the opportunity to read and talk about scriptures that have helped me over the years. And, um, and I'm hoping that it'll help you, you know, a lot of times, you know, even if we're Christians, some scriptures we just have never heard of. There's so many books of the Bible and so many scriptures. Psalms alone has 150 chapters, you know, and Psalms 119, I want to say, is, it is definitely the longest chapter in the Bible, and I think it has like something like 150 verses. So there's many scriptures in the Bible, and you know, a lot of times we have never heard of a scripture. So I hope that during this season of manifesting the Bible, that you hear something, and maybe even hear my, you know, my own um, commentary as it relates to that scripture, and it resonates with you. That's my goal. So I thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you love season two, uh, especially the direction that I'm going in, because I want you guys to know that God is love. 
is not a God of love. He is love. The Bible says God is love. And I want you guys to see how that love manifests in our lives. Thank you guys again for listening. Don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you, your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe to me on YouTube at The Gratitude Chick. Make sure to click in my description box for the link to paid surveys, manifesting merchandise, and much more.